Father, our desire is to be led to the cross, for it's at the cross, that cruel cross, Lord, where the greatest act of love took place, the love that you have for us. Father, you paid for our sin so that we could have a relationship with you. Father, the thought of heaven and eternity is awesome. But Lord, you've given us a relationship with you right here on earth, and we are so grateful for that. Lord, we're going to open our Bibles now, so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd open up our hearts. We ask that you'd give us understanding, Lord, that today you'd make application of your word to our life. For it's in your name we pray, and together we all would say, Amen. You may be seated this morning. Good to have you in the house of God. We start a new new book today. We're Second Kings, so if you want to uh, start opening to Second Kings, I also want you to find and mark in your Bible Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Depending on how far we get today, we will be looking at Second Thessalonians chapter 1. And also, uh, I don't have it for the screen, but also if you'll open up and mark Acts chapter 2. Again, depending on how far we get today, we'll be looking at that. Praise God. First and Second Kings started out as one book. Man divided it. First and Second Kings goes along with First and Second Chronicles, which it started out as one book also. As I've been saying as we've been going through the study of the Kings, First and Second Kings covers the same material and the time scope and people that the Chronicles covers. Chronicles looks at these people and these events from God's point of view, from a spiritual point of view, where the Kings looks at it and records it from a historical point of view. Uh, because of that, there are some portions that, uh, that are in Chronicles that aren't as emphasized as much in Kings. And the, one of those is about King Jehoshaphat. In 1 Kings chapter 22, which is the last chapter, Verses 41 through 50 summarizes Jehoshaphat's uh, kingship. There's a few verses in there. Now, we're not going to read them today because when we get into 2 Chronicles, the Chronicles gives about uh, four, five, six chapters just to King Jehoshaphat. So we won't go through that. But to start 2 Kings, we want to read beginning at verse 51 of chapter 22 of 1 Kings. You guys with me? Because <laughs> remember, man divided the book, and really the book division should have been right about here because verse 51 of chapter 22 of 1 Kings really introduces us into the material of 2 Kings. <laughs> I hope that's not too confusing. So, uh, a couple more words of, of, of introduction, then we'll actually read the text. But as we get into it, I'm, I'm messing up my notes here. As we get into it, the beginning of 2 Kings, we're going to see uh, Elijah next week being transported up into heaven. By the end of the book, we're going to see both Israel and Judah carried away into captivity. Really a sad story. 1 Kings, we saw the beautiful temple of God being built and dedicated, and it's awesome, and the worship of God and all that stuff. Well, by the time we get into 2 Kings here, the end of 2 Kings, we're going to see it destroyed and abandoned, and it's just really, really a sad story. We're going to see that in 2 Kings, the society was much like the society today. Check this out and tell me if, if this doesn't remind you of our world. Uh, the true worship of God was very rare in those days. God's word was minimized. 
sin was celebrated and righteousness and holiness was mocked. Is that not a lot like our climate today? Right? And so uh, it's going to make a lot of application to us. So, got your Bibles open? You guys found the Second Thessalonians, Acts 2? You got those? Okay, let's start reading 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 51, and we'll go right in to 2 Kings 1. It says, and Ahaziah, I'm not saying, I'm not sure I'm saying his name right, uh, but he was the son of Ahab. He became king over Israel in Samaria in the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And he reigned for two years over Israel. Now he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in the ways of his father, that's Ahab, and in the ways of his mother. Remember, his mother is the wicked, evil Jezebel. And also in the ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin. Just very interesting to help us paint the picture. Ahab was a very godless man. He was easily, he had no backbone. He was easily pushed around by other kings, uh, by other people. He was just a weak, weak ruler. Uh, Jezebel was a very horrible woman. And call your attention to Revelation chapter 2, beginning at verse 18. To the church at Thyatira, the Lord Jesus wrote this, that I am coming against you because you hold to the doctrine, the religious teachings of Jezebel, and you brought sin into the church. And then this Jeroboam who made Israel to sin, you might remember, he's the guy who made the golden calves. So what was the problem with Jezebel and Jeroboam? They polluted the true worship of Jehovah. They brought in the elements and the things of the world and mashed them into the worship of Jehovah. And next thing you know, their worship was more pagan than Christian. Can I get a witness of that anywhere? Right? And so uh, God didn't like that at all. And it goes on to say, verse 53, For he served Baal, and he worshipped him, Baal, and he provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger according to all that his father had done. And that brings us right into 2 Kings. Let's begin reading verse 1. Now Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. Now we see that Ahab's son has been king for two years. And Moab is now rebelling against Ahab's son. Moab came under the subjection of Israel way back in David's day. But how many of you know weak leadership can't hold on to what good things you have? Right? And so now this change of kingship, now Moab says, we're not going to do this anymore. Now chapter 3 records this rebellion and everything that goes on, but we take a little break in chapter 1 and chapter 2. So I'm not going to say any more about that until we get to chapter 3. Verse 2. You guys with me? Because this is... You guys know in a Bible study like this, I don't regularly preach sermons, so I don't normally have titles to the messages. But I have one for today, and I thought it was so clever. You guys ready? <laughs> this is awesome. I titled this chapter today, and it's actually going to be a short study. Um, I've, <laughs> I've entitled it, Falls, Flames, and a Funeral. Isn't that going to be good? Well, we're going to start with the fall. Check out verse 2. Now, Ahiazah fell through the lattice of his upper room in Samaria, and he was injured. So he sent messengers and said, Go inquire of Belzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I will recover 
from this injury. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up and meet the messengers of the king, uh, king of Samaria, and say to them, Is it because there's no God in Israel that you are going to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? What God is actually saying is, There is a God in Israel, me. All right? Why are you going to Beelzebub? Now, in the Old Testament here, his name is Baal, Zebub. By the time we get to the New Testament, it's just called Beelzebub. That's a name for Satan. He's the Lord of the Flies. He was moral filth, and he was pagan worship. And even today, Satan is Beelzebub, right? They tried to say that Jesus was empowered by Beelzebub. Now, there are some ministers that are empowered by Beelzebub. But not, 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 not Jesus, and not real Christians, right? Now, why am I emphasizing that? I'm emphasizing that because it paints this whole picture here. I hope this works. All week, I have been struggling with this illustration, and I have a feeling this next 10 minutes is either going to be so epic, you guys are never going to forget it, or it's going to be such a failure, you guys are going to try to forget it. <laughs> You're never going to forget it, either way it goes. Bear with me, please. He falls through this lattice. What is lattice? Lattice is that network, that framework of wooden slats that man makes to form a barrier, right? And so sometimes we will use lattice to try to hide something ugly behind it. But we still want to see through it. Right? Sometimes we, we build a lattice, we put a lattice for that barrier to keep us from going on the other side. Now I'm trying to make application to, to our spiritual life here, so, so kind of bear with me here. Here he had this lattice and he fell through it. I got thinking about the, and this, I shouldn't really confess this. I'm on the front porch of the office and it's raised up a little bit and there's a guardrail around there and I'm walking, I'm trying to visualize him falling through this lattice and I almost fell off the porch myself. And I thought, boy, that, okay. But, I'm thinking here, and if we put a spiritual application to this, do we sometimes construct our own lattice to try to keep us safe and away from maybe a sin, or maybe an activity, maybe something, someone we shouldn't be involved with? You guys kind of see the picture I'm painting here? But like lattice, we want to be able to see through it because sometimes that's enticing. We want the barrier, but... We still want to maybe enjoy a little bit of it, right? So how did he fall through? Well, I think there's a couple ways he could have fall through. Maybe the first way was maybe he was leaning upon it. What's over there? Right? I got a great scripture. This scripture has been floating around my head all day. It's the Proverbs. Would you put that up there? You guys know this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding can i be honest with you guys i know you're saying you're the preacher you better be honest with me i've gotten myself in more trouble leaning on my own understanding than on god's let me break it down to a real simple thing if you're doing anything other than what the bible says to do about a situation you're leaning on your own understanding and not god's amen okay four years of bible college you got it right there Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge God. God, I acknowledge your word and how you're saying I need to handle this situation. 
and it's not my way, but your way's better. Acknowledge him. To acknowledge him means you will obey him. Means you'll live by his word, right? And he shall direct your paths. Your footing will be firm. So maybe he was leaning upon this this lattice. Because one of the things about when we construct the spiritual lattice to keep us away to make that boundary from sin, but but we lean upon it so much, we never think it'll give away, but it does, right? And we fall in the injury was very devastating he thought can I ever recover friends let me give you a spoiler alert he doesn't recover why because he's seeking Beelzebub the text will lead us to believe that if he would have sought after Jehovah he would have recovered okay. now what's the second way of falling the first one was leaning over and sometimes, spiritually speaking, we get ourselves in trouble. We start leaning over, right? You guys heard me say it before. If, 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 if you struggle with, with alcohol abuse, you know, don't go to the honky-tonk, you know. But I love to dance. Well, dance at church. Don't. Not a honky-tonk dance. <laughs> Better clear that up. You, but you guys see what I'm saying, right? Don't purposely lean on that boundary that, that we've set, right? You know. <laughs> uh, when we had the petting zoo and the animals and stuff like that we'd have little fences around and we'd have signs you know don't I don't know what it is about zebras people love trying to touch a zebra nose it's just like a horse nothing special but they bite you can have as many signs as you want don't put your hand in there people put their hand in there and then they cry because they get bit sins the same way okay lattice like a zebra you know lattice aren't solid Zebras aren't solid, they're striped. <laughs> and they will bite you. That's, that's epic, right? You're going to remember that one, right? What's the second way he might have fallen through the lattice? Well, maybe he just stumbled and fell. Christians sometimes aren't leaning against that sin wall. But life happens and we stumble, right? So, you know, maybe he just stumbled. Sometimes Christians just stumble. It's not on purpose, not intentional, but it does happen, amen? Friends, let me tell you something. If you find that you have stumbled through the spiritual lattice that, that you or God have put up in your life, God is a forgiver and God is a restorer. But stay back from the lattice. Now, what makes you stumble? Well, sometimes you're goofing around. Sometimes we stumble because we're doing something we shouldn't be doing, right? So take that as a warning. So let's get back to, to our, our story. Does that picture make sense? Right? That, that lattice, it's a barrier, but it's not solid. Some of us need God to, to construct a solid wall for us, not just something we can see through to entice us to what's on the other side. Uh, in verse... He, he, he's seeking the, the words of Beelzebub, of, of the world. You know, uh, whenever people fall, a lot of times the world will tell you you can't recover. Once again, God's word says you can. Friends, there's no relationship represented here today that God can't mend and repair and restore and make better than, than it was at the beginning. 
tonight the uh, the marriage thing tonight we look at the man's responsibility the husband's role some of you ladies need to drag your men here some of you men need to come here on your own uh, look, no I guess no you guys are cool you guys are all right but to take notes for your neighbor you guys need to be here anyway Elijah goes stops the people verse 4 let's take up our our, our study here. God is mad because he's inquiring from Beelzebub, not from him. Verse 4, Now therefore, thus says the Lord, this is what his message is to the messengers. Here's what you're to tell the king. You shall not come down from your bed by which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. Elijah departed. Um, I guess it's been three weeks ago now. I had said something online about the, the awesomeness of God and the salvation that he gives through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was removed from social media for hate speech. Friends, don't be afraid to tell somebody, hey, a loving God isn't approving of your activity. But now we got to do it in love. we got to do it as a representative of the Lord, right? But friends, we've got to be honest with people. Because eternity is a real thing, right? And who cares if they cut you off on social media? Speaking of that, please like and follow Lighthouse on your social media to help us with advertising and, and, and stuff like that just to get the word out. If you would, we would appreciate that. Uh, but he tells them, you're not going to recover from this. Verse 5, and then the messengers return to him, to the king, and the, and the king says, why have you come back so soon? You don't have enough time to travel to Ekron and come back. You know, why are you back so soon? Verse 6, well, they said to him, well, this man came up to meet us and said, go and return to the king who sent you and say to him, here's the message, thus says the Lord, is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore, Okay, this is what leads us to believe that if he would have sought honestly and openly God, God would have touched his life and his body, right? But because you didn't do it, therefore, you shall not come down from the bed which you had gone up, but you will surely die. And then the king said to them, well, what kind of man was it who come up to you and told you these words? Look at their answer in verse 8. They said to him, a hairy man. Now, <laughs> now in the original... The NIV is this like the only time they do a better job than the King James. Uh, it's talking about a garment. In fact, the NIV says uh, uh, with a garment of hair. Okay, not not the robes of a king, not the robes of a common man. He he wore camel's hair, and uh, so he's hairy, and he wore a belt around his waist. He was chewing on grasshoppers and all that stuff. And the king he recognized him just by the description. He says that is Elijah the Tishbite, and so the king sent. To him a captain of 50 and 50 men so they went up to him and there he was sitting on top of the hill and they spoke to him now we've gone from the fall now we're going to the flame this is so funny uh, I guess it's not if you're the, the guys but to me it was funny he comes up with his 50 guys and he sees Elijah sitting on the, the mountain and he says to him man of God the king says to come down would you underline that part Man of God, the king says to you, come down, because that's the world's message to Christians today. Come down, or they might put it this way, calm down. 
They might put it this way. Tone down your message. We don't want to hear about this Jesus stuff. They might say, slow down your walk with the Lord. You're, you're being a fanatic. They might say, put down your Bible. Stop wasting time reading in that. The world says, look down on others. Now, not to be, be conceited, but, but don't put a priority on other people. It's all about yourself. Well, this got me thinking what God says. The world says, down, but God says, up. Check this out. Hold on to this. I found in Philippians 4.4, God says, cheer up. Titus 2.13, God says, look up for his return. Romans 12.11, the Lord, now I kind of put a little Buckeye in here, but the Lord said, giddy up. <laughs> or speed up the work that, 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 do the work of the Lord. Matthew 5.16 says to live up and do what the Bible says. 2 Peter 2.2 says to grow up and mature. Ooh. That one was, was uh, uh, 2 Peter 2.2, ladies, if you're writing that down for your husband. <laughs> Men, if you're writing down for your wives, Ephesians 4.32 says shut up. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to do it. I had to, I had to do it. Oh, I even snorted. Um, That was the epic part. I'm teasing. Y'all know I love you. This is the funeral part for me. For all of us, Ephesians 4.32 says to shut up when bitter or angry. Why is it we can, man, you know, we won't, we won't tell anyone about the good things of Jesus, but let us get mad and everybody knows, right? I can. Clay confession time. Yesterday I had to go to Ace Hardware. And so I go in there. I had to get some paint for my train set. And I just came from the office studying. I'm already, I'm pumped up. I'm the man of God, right? And I go in there and right up front, here's this guy. I see the reverse line. Lights come on. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I got a front row parking spot, right? So I get there. I got my blinker on. I'm waiting. And the guy pulls out this way. And as the guy pulls out, this way, I have to wait for him to clear it. This dude shot in and parked there. He was driving a white Suburban with a sticker on the side, EMS Institute. No, it's EMS Insulation, I think is what it says. And I thought, I'm going to get that dude. <laughs> I'm keying that car. It's a company car. Got to have insurance. I'm keying that car. Right? How fast I went from God, thank you so much. You're such an awesome God. <laughs> I'm going to key a dude's car. Well, here's what God did. So help me God, this happened yesterday. The car spot right next to him backs out, and I pulled in there. And the dude looked at me and went, he, he got on his phone real quick. So I sat there on the, on the, on the steering wheel looking at him. I'm intimidating <laughs> he never got out so I thought I got to get going so I got out but when I walked across the hood of his car I, <laughs> I kind of puffed my chest up so, you know but how foolish and silly was that right I mean how fast I was worshiping and thanking God just for crazy blessings to, to I was I got mad 
God says, shut up when you get mad. Turn your thoughts to me and everything will be cool. So I got a little convicted as I went in and nice girls in there. She goes, can I help you find something? I said, no, I know what I'm looking at. You know, cause I'm, you know. I don't know why this got me so mad. So I get my paint and, and, and I'm, I keep looking at the door for him to come in because I want him to know I know. And uh, he never comes in, so I'm like, hmm. So I get my stuff, and as I'm walking out, I'm, I'm waiting in line for the register, and I, I thought, Clay, you are being so silly. That's, this is dumb. Who cares? You've got legs. You can walk across the parking lot. How lucky are you that you're not parking in a handicapped spot? I'm having this conversation with myself, right? And so I thought, okay, everything's cool. And I check out, and as I'm walking out, he walks in. And man, I wanted to say something. Uh, and it wasn't bless you, brother. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the story today. But I just felt I needed to confess my fault. Shut up when bitter and angry, Clay. But the next one is Ephesians 6.11. Speak up for Christ. Shut up when it's bitter, angry, hateful. But speak up for Christ. And then the last up one that I found God was 1 Peter 5, 7. Give up your cares and concerns to God. Aren't that great? Now, the world says, come down, shut up, take it easy. God says, bring it on up. Right? Bring it on up. Now, did Ahaziah think that he could stop this fulfillment of prophecy from happening if he killed the prophet did he think if he could get the prophet to say something different the prophecy wouldn't come true see a lot of people as the apostle paul says there'll be people looking for ear tickling preachers here's the thing with going to an ear tickling church you can get your ears tickled but it doesn't change the prophecy it doesn't change what's going to happen it doesn't change god's plan you can hear stories all you want but it doesn't change what God has spoken to his people. Amen? So, uh, he comes after him. The guy says, man of God, come down. I'm in verse 10. And so Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, if I'm a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. <laughs> and fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50 men. Now, it was because of this that James and John, when they were... Uh, uh, rejected by the Samaritans in Luke 9, they asked Jesus, you want us to call fire down? And Jesus said, dudes, calm down. Right? You don't need to do that. And don't you, when someone steals your parking place, don't you wish you could call fire down? There'd be a lot less people in my neighborhood. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. You guys, I'm leaning on that, that, and that, that anger lattice. All right, let's keep going. Verse 11. So he sent another captain of 50 and his 50 men, and they answered, and they said, Man of God, thus says the king, come down quickly. He says, you got to do this quickly. And Elijah answered and said to them, If I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And fire from God came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50 men. Well, once again, verse 13, a third captain of 50 and his 50 men. Ah, you know they say third time's a charm? And the third captain of 50 went up and he came. Now, 
Here's the second, I mean the third fall. The first fall was the fall through the lattice. The second fall was the fall of fire from heaven. Here's the important fall. The fall of humility. He came and he fell on his knees before Elijah and he pleaded with him and said, Man of God, please let my life and the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. I'm just doing my job. Right? Look, fire has come down from heaven and burned up the first two captains in their 50s. Uh, let now my life be precious in your sight. So the angel of the Lord spoke to Elijah and says, well, Go down with him and don't be afraid of him. So he arose and he went down with him to the king. And then he said to him, Thus says the Lord. Elijah's talking to the king now who's in, in his sickbed hurt says because you have sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub the god of Ekron and we could read that because you have 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 sought Beelzebub or Satan the god of the world right we wouldn't be polluting the scripture is it because there's no god in Israel to inquire of his word once again Prince, we have less excuse than these people did because they just had the prophets they had the law. We've got our Bibles. We, we can inquire what God says. Right? Therefore, you shall not come down from your bed which you have gone up, but you will surely die. And Anaziah died according to the word of the Lord which Elijah had spoken. Because he had no son, Jehoram the became king that's his brother became king in his place in the second year of Jehoram the son of Jehoshaphat king of Judah so we got two king Jorams one in Israel and one in Judah we'll try our best to keep them separated as we go through this study verse 18 now the rest of the acts of Anaziah which he did are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel they certainly are because uh, we will find them now uh, let's finish up here. I told you to find 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Let's turn there real quick in your New Testament. First Thessalonians chapter 1, be after Colossians. As you're opening up there, you guys there? Okay, let's read verse 7 through 10. Second Thessalonians, chapter, I said first, I'm sorry, it's Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 through 10, reads this. And to give you who are troubled rest with us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and be admired among all those who believe because of the testimony of of you who believe. Friends, we're going to see fire coming from heaven one more time. 
And we need to be like Elijah, and we need to, to make sure we tell people about this. You see, we saw in our text a great important truth, and that is that if anyone seeks help in anything, anyone, any God other than Jehovah, destruction is the ultimate end result. Friends, we have the answer, and that's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Acts chapter 2. This is the fire that you and I need to fall upon us so that we can do that. When you get there, just say amen. Okay. Jesus has told us and the guys in chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus was telling the disciples, he's telling you and I, that in order to accomplish what we are called to do, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, just to live a day in our world, we need the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Would you guys agree to that? Well, look at chapter 2. Let's start reading at verse 1. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Let me stop there and just call your attention to a very, very important thing. And that is if we're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, if we as an individual, as we as a church, want to move in the power of God, we need to be in unity. Friends, it's, it's a shame that churches are such a us-against-them mentality. We, uh, we were blessed. A lot of you, especially you men uh, and you Wednesday, Wednesday nighters know, know Joe. I don't know Joe's last name, but he attends a little, little church in, in Rainbow Valley. Elderly gentleman, uh, struggles to get around, and a wonderful man. He comes to the men's thing. He comes on Wednesday nights. Well, their little church, their AC went out, and... Th- they, they meet in a house. They just have a house. And uh, they've been meeting for three Sundays with no AC. And so we, Lighthouse, paid for their uh, AC. We, we fixed their AC form, right? We did that last week, and t- today two of our ACs aren't working, one in this building, one in the other building. But that's all right. God will take care of it, right? Right? So uh, where was I going with that? It's, it's the pastor could not believe it. He couldn't believe we would we would do that. And I told him, I said, there's enough sinners for everybody. <laughs> right? Unity. If I'm doing what God's called me to do, and you're doing what God's called you to do, and you're doing what God's called you to do, everything's going to work out. Right? And we will experience the awesomeness of God. Well, let's keep going. So they're all in all in unity And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as the rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I got a new respect for the sound of a rushing mighty wind this last week when the news with the hurricanes and everything, just just the sound of it. You know, it wasn't the wind coming through, but the sound of it, you know, just and here it's happening. And then verse three, there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then from then on, we read of the great things that the d- disciples did and how God moved in such a powerful, powerful way in the early church 
and in our early history. Friends, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to fall upon us. We need to not lean upon our own understanding, not upon those lattice barriers that, that we construct ourselves. Okay? Maybe we need to construct a great wall so we can't be enticed with what's on the other side. We need to be in unity and fellowship with each other. And we need to be moving and operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that sound great? Last thing, and you guys can stand. Worship stream, you can come up here. And that is this. Because the king did not seek Jehovah of the Bible, he died. Friends, if you're looking at anyone, anything, any activity, any giving, any memberships, anything for your eternal salvation other than the one and only Son of God, Jesus Christ, your end result's the same as this king. Right? Stand with me. Today, you can change that by accepting Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior. It's very easy to do. It's simply done with a prayer. So if you're visiting with us after our Bible study, I close our study in a prayer. Then the worship team leads us in a song. And during that song, we open up the altars for prayer. And it's at that time we invite you that if you have a prayer need, uh, Maybe you need to ask Christ into your heart. Maybe you've been struggling in body. You need to be anointed with oil for healing. Whatever it is, the altar time will take place. Then after that, we will dismiss in a congregational prayer. Amen? So bow your hearts and heads with me as we finish our study. Father, thank you for your awesome, awesome word. Father, may we not be guilty of leaning upon our own understanding. Father, many of us might be seeking Beelzebub, the God of this world, and not even realize it. We see a lost world just going with the flow of society, and Father, that's the wrong way. So Lord, we repent of that, and we ask that you would come into our hearts and that you would re-energize us and reignite us with passion for you. Father, I would pray that your Holy Spirit would fall upon anyone here today who has never experienced that infilling, that baptizing of the Holy Spirit that you have promised, that you said is necessary. Father, I want to pray, God, that if there's anyone who, maybe by accident or maybe on purpose, has fallen through the spiritual lattice in front of them, Lord, would you restore? Would you fix? Would you grant forgiveness? Lord, would you do the work that only you can do? And Father, there may be great needs here today that I never spoke on, but your, you, Holy Spirit, have brought conviction. Whatever it is today, we release it and turn it over to you. And we ask, God, that you, Lord, would work in a powerful way. And we give you all the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. With the worship team, let's lift our voices in, in praise. And Kelly and the fellows are going to join me up front. We're going to open up the altars for prayer. And we invite you that if you have a need, if you want prayer, we invite you to come forward now.